Greetings, and welcome to Episode 8 of Ending the Sexual Dark Age. I'm J.V. Altharos, and this show is my attempt to end over a thousand years of sexual repression and misinformation using straight talk to banish the bullshit. If this is your first time joining me and you like this show, I encourage you to go back to the beginning and catch up on all the past episodes. This one is probably going to run a little bit long, but this really is a fun topic, so I'm hoping you don't mind. Last time I talked about masturbation, and this time we've got the closely related topic of sex toys. Toys are awesome. They allow you to bring nearly limitless sensations into your playtime, and once you're comfortable with them, you will never run out of new things to try with your playmates. A lot of women use toys, particularly dildos and vibrators, to help them get off in private. Sex toys are a gajillion dollar industry with a staple product line revolving around fake dicks. That fact alone should sufficiently demonstrate how common they really are. I'm going to be focusing mostly on fake dicks and pocket pussies this time around. Bondage gear is certainly in the sex toy category, but that's a topic of its own to cover along with bondage. I certainly have plenty of ground to cover with vanilla toys, so I won't distract myself on that. Sex toys should definitely be a welcome, if not constant, addition to your naked time. A lot of guys are really intimidated by dildos and vibrators for a variety of reasons, and a lot of those reasons they may not even realize. Not the least of these is the fact that their dicks are insecure about the idea of a vibrating piece of plastic getting some of their action. Remember guys, your dick is an idiot, which is why it needs to be demoted. There is absolutely no reason for guys to be intimidated by sex toys. Just the opposite, actually. Technology advances every aspect of our lives, including sex, and modern sex toys are just one example of that. You should embrace, understand, and encourage the use of them. You should also be using them on your women. Embracing toys is one more way of showing a woman that you're definitely, genuinely concerned about her pleasure, which will get you better pussy and more of it. When I was an aspiring young cocksmith, I wasn't worried about how my cock might compare to a vibrator. A vibrator is not competition for you or your cock. Other guys are your competition. Don't worry about the dildolian sword. If anything, do what I did and worry about how you compare to a guy who shows up with dildos and handcuffs when you're standing there with nothing but a dick. Women love their vibrators, and why shouldn't they? It's probably the only thing they own that exists solely for the purpose of getting them off. There are big ones and little ones and smooth ones and bumpy ones, from glass, metal, and plastic to realistic-feeling silicone. In sizes, from pocket rockets to, what the fuck is that? A lot of male discomfort regarding sex toys revolves around fears of inadequacy. A dick looks at a vibrator and thinks, it's taking my germ! It isn't. Your dick needs to shut up and get the fuck over it. You and your dick both get credit for every orgasm you tease out of a woman, no matter what tool you're using to get the job done. On the part of the guy's big head, there's a general attitude of insecurity regarding cock size. If you remember episode 2, most guys worry about the size of their cock, and if they see their girl with a dildo bigger than they are, their instincts tell them to panic. Thankfully, we learn to control our instincts on a lot of things, and this should be no different. First off, guys need to totally ignore the length of pasteurized processed meat substitutes like dildos and vibrators. Yes, your girl probably wants a fake dick that's longer than your dick because she has to have something to hold on to, and when in use, they can get quite slippery. Her vibrator might be longer than your cock, but it's not like she's stuffing it all the way up there and using fishing line to pull it back out when it's done. Few women consider a dildo to be a replacement for cock, and their sexual experience when they're getting cock is very different from masturbating or even having a guy use a fake dick on them. 
Vibrators are just one more tool for getting a woman off, along with your tongue, cock, and whatever kitchen utensils you might fancy. As guys, we love all of our toys, big and small. You need to consider a pussy to be the ultimate toy to play with, and never stop dreaming up new and interesting things to do to it. Buying other toys to use on your favorite toy should be an obvious conclusion, and if you'd grown up in a society that actually embraced sexuality, you wouldn't need me to tell you so. Fake dicks actually make a guy's job much easier. They're a way to get your woman off with minimal exertion so you can make sure she comes before you stick it in there, which you should be doing one way or the other anyway. I personally love to just kick back and watch a woman's reactions, and a vibrator is a great tool for that. Since they never go limp, get tired, or finish first, there's no stress and no rush to get her off before you finish. At this point, most guys under 45 have spent at least part of their lives playing video games. Vibrators are like a free life or a power-up. You never turn those down while you're playing a video game, do you? Fuck no, you take them and you use them for all they're worth, just like you should be doing with sex toys. A little later in the show, I'll have some suggestions for how to bring toys into your naked time if you haven't before, but for now, I'll go back to the beginning. The unabridged history of fake dicks is too long for me to get into here, but I want to touch on it. Dildos have been around since the Stone Age. Literally. Archaeologists have found relics that are unmistakably cocks carved out of stone, in roughly life-size, going back to at least 23,000 years ago. If you're in doubt, Google the phrase ancient stone dildo, and you will find a shitload of results. They've been around since humans had a spoken language consisting of little more than grunting, and they are not going anywhere. In ancient times, Plato believed that the uterus was an animal within an animal, and that you had to pacify it to prevent it from spinning out of control. In those days, the term uterus was used to refer to Barbie's entire dream kitchen, from oven to stovepipe. A couple thousand years ago, Plato had already figured out that you had to relate to a pussy separately from the rest of the woman. The fact that a lot of you probably heard that first from me on another episode is just another example of the sexual dark age at work. Just so happens, sex toys help please both the pussy and the woman. Over the ages, the size, shape, and composition of fake dicks has changed, but dildos are still a trusty companion for any sexually liberated woman. Every woman should own at least one vibrator. Your mom owns one. And if you've got a sister, she does too. Accepting that is one baby step in shaking off the sexual dark age. The electromechanical vibrator was introduced in the mid-19th century in France and was first used on the female inmates of a French insane asylum as a treatment for hysteria. You may not know that for the better part of a couple thousand years, continuing into the early 20th century, hysteria was considered a medical diagnosis exclusively applied to women, with symptoms ranging from just about anything to just about anything else. In 1859, a doctor filled 75 pages with diagnosable symptoms, then said his list wasn't complete. Damn near any ailment could result in a diagnosis of hysteria, but as you might imagine, anything in the neighborhood of general bitchiness would always fit the bill. Luckily for the girls, the treatment was pelvic massage, a.k.a. rubbing the nubbin. I forced to wonder how many women would pick fights with their husbands for no reason other than getting sent off to have their hysteria treated. This was great for doctors since hysteria required frequent treatments. Girls, you'd be going for frequent treatments too. It also wasn't too shabby for the women, because all they had to do was call their husband an asshole a few times in order to get themselves sent off to be fingered. But for some women, it could take so long that the doctors were either burning their wrists out or losing money. Imagine explaining that case of carpal tunnel to your wife. Vibrators were invented so doctors could speed up the process, thus allowing them to see more patients more quickly, picking up more slack for the lazy fucks these girls were married to. 
So essentially, the modern sex toy industry was born so that doctors wouldn't have to spend so long fingering their female patients. Or, to look at it another way, industry didn't bother to give a damn about the female orgasm until some rich guys needed to make their money quicker. I think I may have heard that story once or twice before. Toys for women go from basic to balls out, and the Rolls Royce of female sex toys is called a Sibian. They'll set you back a bit, as they go for around 1300 bucks before attachments, but it's really worth looking them up online to see what they're all about, even if it's just for entertainment purposes. Imagine a small saddle-looking thing with a gyrating, vibrating little post sticking up off of it, which accepts all kinds of attachments, from dildos to small clitoral stimulators. I've seen these things turn more than one woman into a quivering pile of orgasms through her clothes. In my mind, these things are definitely the kings of the sex toy industry, but they are expensive. A distant cousin of the Sibian is the aptly named Fucking Machine, which is also a high-end item unless you're handy enough to build one yourself. It's basically a dildo on a stick that's attached to a motor with a cam, and it just pounds away mindlessly at whatever speed and stroke it's set for. This isn't likely to become something you keep on your nightstand, because they do also tend to be a bit bulky. But if you've never seen one, you should take a look. Just like the Sibian, there's definitely some entertainment value. For those of you girls who just love your man's cock and wish you could have it around all the time, there's a solution out there for you, too. Shara's actually been after me to get one of these things for a while, and I think I may get around to it pretty soon. You can buy kits that allow you to literally make a mold of your own cock, then duplicate it with silicone as a dildo for your girl. Most of them also have an option to make it a vibrator by casting a vibrating bullet right into the dildo. Once I make one for Shara, I'll be able to give whatever kit I choose a review on the show to let you guys know a little more about it. But if anyone is out there has used them before, I'd love to hear about the experience. Girls, if you like the thought of getting a silicone copy of your man's cock, this might be a good way for you to introduce him to the idea of using toys on you. And believe me, he will love the fact that you are so into his cock that you gotta be able to have two of them. Eggs are another fun option. They're little egg-shaped vibrators that generally have a wire leading back to a controller that can do anything from changing speed to running various programs of pulses and vibrations. Mine actually has six different settings, and Shara is a huge fan of about half of them. I've always liked eggs for several reasons. First, they don't tend to fall out like techno schlongs and butt plugs do. There are also a ton of styles of silicone sleeves you can buy for them with all kinds of textures, bumps, and whatnot, so one toy can be really flexible with various pretty cheap attachments. I also like the option of having a vibe running constantly while my hands and mouth are doing other things. One great move is to slip in an egg, go down on her till she gets off, then immediately replace the egg with your cock while she's still coming. As Amanda recently posted on the website at sexualdarkage.com, that is almost guaranteed to turn into a multiple orgasm. I'd be doing a disservice to insertable toys if I didn't mention butt plugs and anal beads. If you've never seen one, a butt plug is like a baby dildo with some sort of flat base that prevents it from slipping all the way in. I've seen a lot of interestingly mixed responses to butt plugs. One use is as a warm-up for anal, which will be a show in itself later down the road, but I've known a lot of women who absolutely loved getting fucked while they had their back door plugged. Not necessarily with something as big as a cock, but with something. I think that's a result of simple physics. There's only a thin wall of flesh separating the ass from the pussy. When a woman's got both a cock and a butt plug inside her, the plug essentially puts pressure on the pussy and makes anything inside it feel bigger. From the guy's perspective, it makes the pussy seem a little tighter. What's that, Captain Obvious? Remember, boys and girls, the ass is designed to push things out. Be sure to restrain that butt plug if your attention wanders.
Ah, yes. Anal plugs and dildos do tend to get pushed out by muscle contractions, but the nice thing about plugs is that the base keeps them from going in too far as well. So, you can put them in and then rely on panties or a thong to keep them in there nice and secure. If you want to keep one in during sex, I suggest going doggy style so you can keep a thumb on it while you're fucking. This will also allow you to work it around, and I guarantee that will get you a few bonus points. Anal beads are the same kind of idea, but from what I'm told, they're a completely separate sensation. Because they're a bunch of small beads, they move around inside the ass as a result of muscle contractions. Slowly pulling them out of a woman while she's coming can get her a nice, immediate little chain of multiple orgasms. For the particularly adventurous, there are also specialty harnesses for guys that basically allow you to mount a small dildo below your cock, essentially allowing a one-man double penetration. I have never gotten around to using one of those myself, but I have heard nothing but rave reviews from the couple of girls I've discussed them with over the years. And that is, of course, providing that the woman in question enjoys having something stuck in her ass, small, large, or extra large. Lube is kind of a peripheral product that still falls into the sex toy category since it's used on pretty much everything. Everyone should have lube handy, for toys or cocks. Everyone. There's a large segment of the female population that experiences bad pain during sex. And I use the term bad pain not as a reference to intensity, like, ooh, that hurts really bad, but to distinguish it from good pain, which we'll be getting into in a later episode. In a lot of cases, it's simply a result of dryness, which creates friction, which creates a burning sensation. As I talked about in episode 4, the flesh inside the pussy is much more sensitive than a cock is, particularly because it's never desensitized by rubbing up against clothing all the time. Friction caused by dryness will turn into pain for a woman before a guy feels any kind of real discomfort. That's why the guys have to always have their wits about them. So, here's a heads up to the guys. When you're pounding away in there, if her pussy starts feeling like a slip and slide without enough water on it, it's time for a lube break. Sure, it kind of breaks your rhythm, but seriously, you know that feeling when you run your finger across a car window with some water on it, your finger kind of slips and catches and slips and catches? If a pussy feels like that when you're fucking it, then you are way past where you should have added some lube. Because women are taught to be ashamed of sexual openness, many aren't comfortable telling a guy when they're so dry it's starting to hurt. In part, they feel like there must be something wrong with them if their pussy isn't dripping while your cock's in there. That's bullshit, and it's one more facet of the sexual dark age. The fact is, a woman's ability to produce lube varies depending on a lot of circumstances, from whether she's mentally distracted to whether she's drinking enough fluids in general. Natural pussy lube is a bodily fluid, and any amount of dehydration will reduce how much her body is able to produce. There's also the different people are different principle. Not every woman is physiologically identical in regards to how much lube her pussy is able to produce in any given set of circumstances. This is actually especially important when you're relying on condoms for protection from disease and unintended rugrats. Condoms are made from thin latex, friction will tend to weaken them and cause them to tear. More on that coming up in the safe sex episode in a few weeks. The bottom line is that everyone should have lube and be quick to use it whenever things are less than totally slippery. In addition, since not all women are comfortable enough to speak up, guys should be the ones reaching for it. And no fucking excuses. You guys can tell when a pussy isn't wet enough. Your dick just doesn't want to leave for a lube break. When it comes to lube selection, it's really a matter of personal taste. And if you have a consistent playmate, it should really be a decision you make together. Trying different varieties and talking about how you each like them is another way to foster open sexual dialogue. While KY Jelly is probably the most famous personal lubricant, it's actually pretty shitty as a sex lube. Sure, it used to be okay in a pinch when you needed lube and only had the corner drugstore available, but it is totally obsolete. While KY now offers a bunch of different cock lubing concoctions, the original KY Jelly was designed to break down quickly and never worked well as a sex lube. 
The corner drugstores, which are now mostly multinational conglomerates, are keeping with the times. I've bought both Astroglide and Wet Platinum at CVS and Rite Aid, so there's no longer any excuse for inflicting old-school KY on some poor, unsuspecting pussy. I personally prefer the Wet Platinum with the black cap. It has good longevity and a nice amount of slip. Everyone will have a different personal preference on this, so it's good to try a variety of brands and types so you can find something that works well for you. These days, you can also get all kinds of lubes that are scented, flavored, warming, cooling, tingling, fucking whatever. I haven't tried those myself, but they're out there if you want a bit of low-impact, easy-to-sell experimentation with whoever you're fucking. If you're trying to bring an existing relationship out of the sexual dark age, some specialty lube might be a good prelude to introducing toys into your naked time. Still, the most important thing to remember, and this directly relates to condom usage, is that if you're using condoms, you need to make sure any lube you use is condom safe. Petroleum-based lubes can actually dissolve condoms, but it's actually very, very easy. Any lube out there in the marketplace that is safe for use with condoms will specifically say so on the bottle. If it doesn't say so, it's not safe. Now, it is critically important for a guy to nurture his woman's sexuality in the grand scheme, and making sure she's comfortable playing with toys on her own is an important part of that. As I mentioned last time, a woman's sexuality is all about momentum. The more often she's coming, the more often you will, no matter how her orgasms are divvied up between you and Mr. Purple Vibrator. The doorway to amazing sex for a guy is to make sure his playmate knows that his primary concern is her satisfaction. We can get ours. And the more often she gets hers, the better things are for everyone. Just look at using a vibrator on a woman as using her favorite toy to play with your favorite toy. As I mentioned before, some guys are very intimidated by the concept of fake dicks, but there are ways to improve your comfort level. One is simply to get the fuck over it. Failing that, talking about vibrators with your girl can help a lot. If you've never done this before, she'll probably love the fact that you're open and interested. As a note of warning for the girls, if your guy wants to see your vibrator, or you want to show yours to him, please use some fucking common sense, and do not bring out some king dong to fucking wave around the room if you've got one of those. First impressions are important. On balance, you're more likely to get the results you want from a fake dick that's smaller than his dick. A lot of you own plenty more than one vibrator, just start with a small one. If you're a guy looking to add toys, then you have all the control in the world if you want it. Buy one for her as a surprise and just make it something smaller than you are if you've got a comfort level issue. A pocket rocket is exactly what a lot of women like for clitoral stimulation since it's easy to control, so you can start there. The experience of shopping for it can be either online or in one of the many Dildo World locations that you can find in any metro area, but more on that in a couple of minutes. If you buy her a new vibe as a gift, then she'll be thinking about you whenever she uses it. Extra bonus points for you and your dick. As I said earlier, guys, if you got some kind of issue with vibrators, you need to get the fuck over it. Your sex life will be better if you use them on your woman, guaranteed. Since women view male stamina over the whole session of naked time, as I discussed in episode 4, you're basically just helping yourself last longer. It's a fucking brainless decision. If you've got the stones to jump right in, get her all worked up and out of her clothes. Then demand that she get her vibrator out for you. Don't take no for an answer, and proceed to have some fun with it. It will turn her on in more ways than I'll bother to list. Girls, probably the most entertaining way for you to jump right in would be to let him catch you using your vibrator. Let him walk in while you've got your legs spread on the bed and the batteries buried, and tell him you wanted to be wet and ready when he got home. Then ask him to use it on you for just a minute before he fucks you. If you decide to go this way, you have the added benefit of making time to get yourself off at least once before he even gets there. 
your chances of backfire are absolutely minimal, as the male brain works pretty predictably when presented with a horny naked woman asking for cock. In fact, a naked woman with beer and pizza can get into or out of goddamn near anything involving a man. Afterwards, you've opened the door to making sex toys a part of the conversation. There are also women who either don't own or rarely use their vibes. Negative attitudes towards masturbation account for a lot of this, but there's more to the story. Just like men aren't effectively taught how to please women, women aren't taught to be comfortable even exploring their own bodies and desires. Even though sex toys are more prevalent than ever, with vibrators for sale by KY in your neighborhood drugstore and not labeled neck massager, there's still enough stigma to keep some women away. I spend a lot of time telling guys to get the fuck over things, and this is one time that sentiment goes right out there to the ladies. If you have a pussy and you do not own a vibrator, whatever the reason, you need to get the fuck over it and go buy one. If you own one but don't particularly like using it, that is a separate issue. I won't go into that in great detail this episode only because one of the ladies out there has asked for some specific advice on that topic, and I'm rolling it into the next listener mail episode. Techno schlongs come in all kinds of shapes, sizes, textures, and vibrational profiles. A lot of technology goes into this shit, and a lot of them have multiple settings with different speeds of patterns and pulses. Some of them heat up from the inside out. These things are fucking amazing, people. You'll probably have to go through a few of them to find one that really works, and you might end up finding a few for different moods in different situations. Don't give up, and just keep looking. All guys need to demote their dicks, but some of you girls really need to promote your pussies. I repeat, if you have a pussy and don't own a vibrator, you need to correct that situation immediately. Guys end up having a dick for a trusted advisor, and your pussy needs to be way more than a silent partner. You owe it to yourself to buy it a new toy once in a while. There are also a lot of masturbation toys aimed at guys. One of the popular options is the Fleshlight, which is a pocket pussy laughably disguised as a flashlight. Guys can also buy full-size sex dolls ranging from cheap-ass inflatable women to full-on silicone models with plastic skeletons and real hair. If you don't want to drop several grand on a full silicone dial, you can buy, and I shit you not, ass-and-pussy-only reproductions of various porn stars. A lot of guys get into these kind of toys, which is why there's such a huge variety on the market. Personally, I could never quite get myself there. I mean, sure, people say they feel way better than your hand or just like a pussy, I think you gotta make a personal decision, though, whether they're likely to be so much better than your hand that you're willing to go cleaning them out between uses. Not cleaning every time would be, well, well just plain fucking nasty. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a pervert and all, but, you know, there are certain, certain places where I just have to draw the line at, yeah, that's nasty. I just have this image in my head of fishing jizz out of a fleshlight with a bottle brush in the kitchen sink, you know, and I come down on the side of probably not for me. Then again, I've always had pretty regular supply of available genuine pussy, and that's certainly not the case for everyone. I leave room for the possibility that I might have a different opinion in different circumstances. As far as toys for guys to use with women, the cock ring is pretty much the most popular, and, you know, in a lot of people's minds, about the only thing out there. I realized when prepping this show that I'd never tried one, so I picked one up when I took shower out dildo shopping last week. The idea is that the cock ring is a circle that could be made from a variety of materials that fits behind the balls and up around the cock. According to all reports, results vary wildly from one guy to another. Some find an increase in stamina, some report longer, more intense orgasms. In my case, I actually came a little bit more quickly than I normally do, and, and frankly, the orgasm was kind of fucking lame. So, cock rings do not seem to be a good toy for me, but your results would probably vary if you tried one. A few tips, though. Since you put these on before your cock is hard, too small is bad. Start with large. 
or get an adjustable leather ring, which is what I tried, or something stretchy made of silicone, so if it seems too tight, you can actually, you know, stretch it out and get it off. The hard plastic and metal rings are for guys who have plenty of experience with them. And you don't want to end up in the emergency room to get the cock ring cut off. Really, you don't. Shopping for sex toys can be an incredibly fun thing to do with your playmate, whether it's in front of a computer or out at the local Dong-O-Rama. You get to look at all kinds of filthy, dirty, exciting things and have flirty conversation about them. I have to say that if you're up for it, actually going to shop for sex toys in a brick-and-mortar store is a lot of fun. You don't have to go down to the dirty sex shop at the live peep shows either. Most suburban lingerie stores have at least a half-ass collection of sex toys for sale, and a lot have a big selection. In some cases, the lingerie is only there so they have something to put in the window without having a giant sign that says, well, Dong-O-Rama or something. This allows anyone to walk through the door without the stigma of being one of those filthy people who isn't ashamed of sex. There are also a lot of sex superstores out in the middle of nowhere, scattered along our nation's interstates. The biggest chain in the Midwest is the Lion's Den, and they cater mostly to truckers. Since every one of them is out in the middle of fucking nowhere, nobody bothers them about having a ton of porn and dildos and being open 24 hours and whatever. If you're having embarrassment issues even with a lingerie shop and you're willing to take a drive, I bet there's a lion's den or something like it within an hour of you, far enough out in the sticks that you couldn't possibly be recognized by anyone you know. But I'll take a moment to mention this. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of hesitation in people doing things in public or, you know, uh, going places. You know, they're worried about who might see them there. One thing to remember, it's kind of like a swingers club, you know? What if you run into your, you know, daughter's English teacher at the fucking swingers club? Well, they're at the swingers club too. You know, they're, they're not calling the news to tattle on you. Odds are anybody who sees you buying fake dicks was also there buying fake dicks. If you're paying attention when you're strolling through the dongorama, you might even learn something new about what your playmate is interested in. More so, it's an expression of sexuality that you can share with your playmate and it will do a lot to support open sexual dialogue. My old arch-enemy, Dr. Shame, has a lot to do with the resistance to all this. Because we're taught to feel shame about sex, it can be hard to open up about any aspect of it. For some women, the concept of buying something to stick in their pussies at a cash register from a complete stranger is flat-out terrifying. I'm going to urge you, strongly, with a very serious look on my face, to get your ass to the dildo store as quickly as fucking possible, preferably with your playmate. You're going to get to browse the store and see all kinds of five-pound monster dicks, fuck dolls, ridiculously big anal plugs, all kinds of shit that you can laugh and joke about. And when you walk up to the register for a dildo, some lube, and a pack of batteries, you're going to be the most normal customer they had that week. To underline this concept, I'll use a story of a time when I was definitely the abnormal customer. When I was working with the strippers, there were usually about six crews working any given weekend. Each crew had a gig bag with all the essentials that we took with us. You know, a radio, music, business cards, rummy alcohol, lube, a blanket, and the giant double-ended dick the girls used for the lesbian shows. I won't even go into how something like this could possibly happen, because I honestly never got a straight answer, but one night, someone misplaced all the dildos. How you misplace 25 pounds worth of dildos is beyond me, but that's, again, a matter for another day. We had crews about to be running late, and the boss handed me 300 bucks and told me to go work it out. Luckily, we had a lingerie store right in the neighborhood, and that night, I walked in with a fistful of cash and told the girl behind the counter that I needed a half dozen 16-inch double headers and 12 bottles of lube and that I didn't have a minute to waste. The fucking look on her face was priceless. I wish I'd had a camera, and tragically, that was before the days of cell phone cameras. The point is, everyone working the register at any given dongorama has had an experience like that, and you'd probably be the most normal person they've dealt with that week. 
Of course, if you just don't have it in you to visit the dildo store, shopping online is a perfectly good option. You can sit down with your playmate in the privacy of your own home and look at all the kinky wonders of the internet. I do strongly suggest doing it together and having flirty conversation about what you're looking at. The only online toy store I actually recommend is Adam and Eve. They have good prices, do plain barn wrapper shipping. If you decide to shop there, I'll ask you to head there by clicking one of the banners on sexualdarkage.com so I get credit for sending you over. You won't pay a penny more, but I'll get a tiny little slice of your purchase to put towards the greater good of the show and maybe buy myself a pizza once in a while. You can also type half off, no spacing, all one word in capital letters to get half off or your first order from them. There are also lots of everyday household items that play very well with pussy. I bought this Gillette vibrating razor a while back with a AAA battery in the handle. I didn't really like the way it shaved, so I threw it in a drawer and forgot about it. The next time I saw it was in my clever little slut's purse, because without the blade, it was a perfect little stealth vibrator to carry everywhere without raising any eyebrows. Without a blade on this thing, you could get this thing into a federal building or on a plane for fuck's sake, and whoever's working the x-ray machine wouldn't blink an eye. You can even turn a washing machine into a sex toy by sitting your girl up on it and fucking her while it's in the spin cycle. Once you open your mind to sex toys, you'll start to see them all around you, especially in the kitchen. And depending on how adventurous a given woman is, you can have a hell of a lot of fun with whatever happens to be handy. All right, guys, so we've got Shara joining us now here Hello. at uh, the studio in the House of Liberty. As you may remember, last episode, she asked if we could go dildo shopping before the next episode, and of course we did. So, you know, we're going to, part of this episode was uh, talking about going dildo shopping with your playmate. Uh, so it's especially pertinent, so it's a good thing that you asked. Why don't you tell the listeners about our recent experience shopping for fake dicks? <laughs> well, let's see. We walked in, and uh, of course I have to do the start from the very beginning and go all the way around the store. Because well, I yeah, want to make sure I don't miss any. That's not uncommon. And actually, as a warning for the guys, I, I am, you know, encouraging them to go dildo shopping with their women. Uh, you do have to understand that once you actually get a woman into a dildo store, you may <laughs> want some place with a more modest selection because they will look at every fucking dildo that's hanging on the wall in that place. And they'll stand there and look at it, think about it, pick it up, <laughs> wonder how to feel inside their pussy, put it on the wall. So you go in some place with a thousand dildos and, you know, you might you might be there for a while. Which is why we didn't go to Dildo World, I think, because you knew I would be there for hours. <laughs> that, that may have been part of it. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> so we walked around and amazingly... To, from some from the last time that we went, there was a lot more out there to choose from. So that confused me a little bit because you know, you know, I like my toys. So oh, we know. <laughs> don't really need them with you around. Apparently, according, according to what you're telling me on the last episode, you could build a fortress out of them. <laughs> well, you know, you can't count the ones that are really broken, but I threw them into into the loop because. I want people to understand, you know, when you use them all the time, you know, they are eventually going to burn out. So, so is that is so it's not fifty functional. No, right. no. <laughs> and then don't forget the one that you picked up when you were out on the road the yeah. one time for me. The road. well, yeah, but that was the ridiculo dick. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> like I won't be using that one. Thank you very much. I don't know how many of the listeners might have seen them. It's it's more like a prank dildo. I mean, it's a it's what about fifteen inches long, and you know, I'm a I'm a full grown man, and I couldn't get my hand all the way around the thing. You know, probably weighs about eight or nine pounds. I could use it as a weapon if anybody broke into my home. I could use it as a weapon. It's probably as long as a bat. Oh, you know that that would heavy. totally the the newspaper clipping would totally make it on fail blog. Man beaten to death with giant dildo. <laughs> anyway, so we found one, but I have to be honest. Uh, I think we're going to have to go shopping again because it really didn't turn out to be one of my favorites because I thought what was cool was you could just tap it 
and it would go from one speed and it had five speeds on it. And I'm not really a lover of the pulsating one myself. I like high speed, you know, <laughs> get me to where I'm going. <laughs> so what was disappointing about that was, um, well, you know, I put it in my purse one time and next thing you know, my purse is kind of like vibrating. <laughs> it go over a bump in the road, it turns the thing on. <laughs> Thank goodness, you know, no one that I really was worried about was with me to know that was going that, on. That would have been awesome with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, maybe not. <laughs> but anyway. What's that in your purse? <laughs> <laughs> I would have just said, oh, it's my phone. There it goes again. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a pretty good lie. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about ever using the phone. Oh, well, anyway. Um, oh, you've put a phone in a sandwich bag before. I know you have. <laughs> not telling. Didn't I make you do that so that I could call it? I don't think anyone would have to make me do that okay be like okay i'll volunteer you want to try something out no, i'll I, do it i distinctly remember at some point having you put your cell phone in a ziploc bag and stick it in your panties so i could call it <laughs> well that or you caught me <laughs> not sure which but <laughs> i always wondered i always wondered why you had yourself on speed dial. <laughs> um so and then another one was uh well you know i was here working at the uh station that you have set mission up here control. mission control and you have a bookshelf behind you and i sat my dildo up there because when you go to bed sometimes i like to play a little longer because i'm not quite tired yet i sat it up there you went off to bed no you didn't go to bed yet you were still sitting up all of a sudden we heard this like vibrating noise and my dildo decided to just take off on its own so <laughs> so for those reasons makes me picture running across the carpet <laughs> off on its own i don't know what the fuck happened <laughs> well thank goodness the cats didn't find it anyway <laughs> so from that standpoint i find the, and texture is important too I, for me um right different... and that was i know you were talking about wanting some hard plastic and that that one ended up being more you know more of the flesh like yes and i like mine <laughs> i know you're gonna say i know that baby but i like mine hard as opposed <laughs> to the soft gel kind everybody has their own preference and and what they enjoy so for me I like mine nice and hard, so. Now, you were talking about, you know, liking it, you know, as fast as possible. Do you want me to, like, supercharge a vibrator like I did to that one girl? Oh, I don't know. Well, I might like that. <laughs> it sounded like she, <laughs> I don't know. Well, Just don't... Is, as a practical joke, I pulled the AA battery out of a friend's vibrator and replaced it with, I think, seven watch batteries. <laughs> So, you know, it went from a one and a half volt system to a ten and a half volt system. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wasn't there to see it get turned on, but I was told it lived about 15 seconds. But during those 15 seconds, it could have driven in a railroad spike. <laughs> that is you, devious at all times. So if you decide to do that, just let me know. So I wouldn't, you know, want to be like laying there and turn it on and all of a sudden it just like... <laughs> Start smoking. <laughs> and that would happen to me. All right. So uh, I also told the listeners that uh, I picked up a cock ring because I wanted to talk about them on the show. And I didn't you know, feel legitimate talking about one, never having worn one. As you know, I wasn't too thrilled about it. But from your point of view as a woman, I know I just kind of whipped the thing out and said, oh, by the way, I'm whipping this on my dick. Um, how did, did you enjoy that experience? How did you feel about it? It didn't make a difference to me one way or the other. You came faster. So yes, I was, which was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and seriously, I was all like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so barely even got any warning. <laughs> and, and I think, and I think in uh, relationships, if especially if it's a fairly new relationship, if the man is going to use a cock ring, he might want to warn the woman. It didn't, it didn't affect me because I knew 
Um, Maybe worn. It's not like I was beating you with it. <laughs> no, but, you know, some women might think that, is he doing it because he can't get it up or, you know, whatever. So from that standpoint. Okay, good point. Yeah, a woman, woman won't necessarily understand the purpose of it in the first place. Right, so. And different guys do get totally different things out of it. I mean, I've known people that absolutely swore by him, that loved him. You know, just not for me. Yeah, so I, at a very young age, um, I had a, a guy that I went out with take me back to his place and decide to pull handcuffs out, and I was nowhere near uh, that stage uh, where it, sure it's all there by the time I met you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're on radio so people can't see that I'm blushing. But they anyway, probably tell. <laughs> so anyway, I I think that warning somebody when you're pulling out something new, and I think the same thing when it comes to dildos. A lot of women prefer privacy and aren't comfortable necessarily doing it in front of their man. As you know, I really haven't been with you. Right, I know, but I, you know, as I've told you, you know, got to get the fuck over that. I mean, I know. you know, you can do it one step at a time. But you got to progressively work on getting over that. And I am. I know. But if I keep getting dildos, then I'm sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you want me to just keep buying them for you until like, you know, until some kind of critical mass is achieved, and all of a sudden you want to start using them all the time in front of me? What I would like is for you to say your the call-in number right now for people if they have call-ins and and I want them to call in and encourage you to continue to take me to dildo world number one ladies it is the best place I have ever been into when it comes to dildos such a selection so I would like you to repeat the number uh, number would be 517-376-3116 so if you would please call in gentleman too would be great and encourage him to continue to take me until we find just the perfect dildo and I will report it here I cannot believe that you are lobbying the audience to come in to tell me to take you dildo shop. It's not like I really have to tell you, but, <laughs> but you know, I think encouragement is always a good thing. All right. So anyone who would like to vote on Shara's dildo shopping spree, feel free to call in and leave a message. Thank uh, you. Also this week, interestingly, I know you mentioned this on Facebook, um, we, we got the first uh, t-shirt, the first Pornoglyph t-shirt. Yes. I am currently working on uh, finding a supplier so that I can offer Pornoglyph t-shirts to anybody who would like one. So we were testing out a couple of different places. And to Shara's <laughs> credit, I did not tell her that I had ordered a sample and it showed up and she, I pulled it out of the package and showed it to her. The first thing out of her mouth was, well, I got to give you a head while I'm wearing this. <laughs> it only seemed appropriate. Which she did about an hour and a half later. <laughs> Again, only seems appropriate. Why wait? So, yes, it's nice. I have gotten head in the first Give Head t-shirt. So that rounds things out nicely prior to offering them for sale. I love giving head. Oh, we know, baby. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm about to wrap it up here. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say to, to the girls or the guys out there about sex toys in general? Well, I think, first of all, that men should encourage women to use the toys. Uh, and to a lot of men, too, by the way, I, I find... Uh, feel like it's something negative against them uh, if the woman wants to use a toy. It's not. It's just that we love to uh, please ourselves and you're not always available. So those toys are very helpful. So basically I would say, you know, encourage them to use it and get over the shyness, help them get over the shyness of using it in front of them. A lot of women are afraid to uh, use the toys in front of their man. Well, you know what? I'll work on that with you and I'll encourage it with everybody else. How's that? Oh, that's fine. Well, I, actually, I pretty regularly tell you to go find a dildo for me to use on you. And then you blush, and then you don't want to do it. And then I eventually make you do it. And then I come, and I come, and I come. <laughs> and that brings us to our homework assignment for Episode 8. Should you have a stunt pussy to practice on? Your assignment is to get that kitty a brand new toy. Girls, you can never have enough vibrators. So buy yourself a new one. Your pussy deserves it. 
If you have a man and you haven't used toys with him in the past, try getting him to use one on you. For the guys, opening up the limitless fun of sex toys in your relationship just might be up to you. Online or at the store, your assignment is to buy your girl a new toy, then introduce her to it by using it on her. I had a little issue with the sex toys pornoglyph this time around, and I need you guys to help me out with it. I came up with two very similar designs, both of which are cool, and neither Shara or I could manage to pick one. So this time, I need your help. Both designs are posted at sexualdarkage.com, and I'm asking you to comment on the post and tell me your favorite. Whichever one gets more votes in the first couple weeks will become the official glyph for sex toys, and that's the one that will be added to the upcoming t-shirt store. That pretty much draws this episode to a close. As always, I invite you to join in the conversation by posting anonymously on sexualdarkage.com, emailing jvaltheros at gmail.com, or calling into the listener line at 517-376-3116 with questions, comments, requests for advice, or apparently your support for Shara getting more vibrators. I've gotten several interesting requests for advice and questions, and I'll be getting to a few of those next week in a listener mail bonus episode. You can also find me on Facebook and Twitter through links on sexualdarkage.com, and Shara has gotten herself set up on Facebook as well. If you're enjoying the show and you have iTunes, I'll ask you to help me get it out to more listeners by dropping me a good rating or review. I thank you once again for joining me and for giving a shit about improving your relationship with sex and sexuality. Until next time, this be me, J.V. Authoros, reminding you that sex is one of the greatest things in life, there's always room for better, and sometimes you find better at your local dong-o-rama.